0: You are listening to Oh This Podcast on the Live Nine Podcast Network. This show may contain colorful language and topics. If you are sensitive to this, please be advised. Now on to the show. welcome to another edition of oh this podcast it is our 46th episode of the beer podcast that you love to hate and hate to love i am here in the freshly minted learning annex with some you know smells of rich mahogany in the as we've been upgrading Did you buy a new candle no no i didn't buy a new candle <laughs> it's we've been upgrading some of these uh you know uh the hardware state stadium renovations have been occurring in the studio and learning annex here uh, uh yes in our location steve welcome Welcome on this lovely day that we are recording on. It's a oh, day, of, friend, sun. Yes. It yes, a day the, of sun.
1: It is a day of sun. The day of sun, the, uh, you know, the, the day of the, uh, the sabbath but uh we're you know we're, we're working because you know what we got a job to do damn
0: it we're working for the man working for the man <laughs> it is our like i said it is our 46th episode it is our andy pettit episode not gonna lie 46 is a hard number to kind of figure out who's uh you know the famous 46 in sports right steve yeah,
1: there are not a lot of uh, famous 46s so uh, i mean andy pettit does uh, probably i mean lee smith is out there um uh, but, yeah, Andy Pettit, uh, a little bit more current for, for our generation. I mean, Lee Smith was great uh, if you're if you're a baseball nerd and everything. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think Andy Pettit will, will play better with our listeners. Well, absolutely. And, then and if fact it doesn't, that, then it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, and then I loved
0: how you're like, well, if we can't find anybody, we'll go to NASCAR. They fill all those numbers <laughs> out. So it's fantastic. So, Steve, why don't you uh, let everybody know the deets about the show?
1: Yes, uh, we've got uh, plenty of, well, we've got some hot and fresh news that we'll get to here in a moment. But uh, yeah, if you want to check out the show, catch us at ohthispodcast.com. Uh, you can now get us at your preferred podcast provider. Plus, we are now on Spotify. So you, if you like to listen to your shows and things of that nature on Spotify, you can go ahead and uh, do a little search for Oh This Podcast and bam, you're going to find our episodes uh, at your fingertips. So uh, that's exciting you- news.
0: Or even if you search Limp Biscuit or <laughs> CCR, like you'll definitely see some of our episodes popping up.
1: Yes, so we are we are relevant and uh, and trending. It seems on the uh, Limp Biscuit and uh, CCR uh, uh, podcast related searches. So uh, that's exciting news. So, uh, we're happy to share that with everybody. But uh, going on, uh, if you want to interact with us, uh, you can catch us on Facebook. Uh, you can just search for this podcast and you can uh, check out the the, uh, page for the show there. Uh, We're also on Twitter at Oh, this podcast. And then you can also talk to Patrick at P for R one or Steve at, at Steve Hombaker. So uh, you've got a, a a endless, uh, a cornucopia of options for uh, ways to interact with the show. And then if you do want to support the show, you can uh, check out our Patreon page. Um, You just search for Oh, this podcast, or you can uh, go to the website and you can find all of our options there. Well said. Well said.
0: I couldn't even say it any better. I couldn't say it any better for this <laughs> this beautiful Sunday morning.
1: You probably could, but uh, you know, on on the spot on
0: a Sunday morning, I I'm, I'm I'm gonna take that. Yeah, morning drive time, you know. Traffic coming in from the loop is light. <laughs> uh, traffic going outbound is light as well so anyway uh, as we joke around about this it is the 46th episode we're happy to bring up you know we kind of left you with a little bit of a cliffhanger in 45 a to be continued which I never thought in my podcasting career that would happen but before we go jump into those cats and dogs uh, description we have to tell you what we're drinking this week and yes it is the morning time and that doesn't inhibit us from taking in cracking a couple cold ones here so Steve (laughs) what's our beer of the week and why did we choose that this week
1: um. Well, we are drinking this week. We're going back to uh, the great state of Colorado for uh, uh, a little sampling from Oscar Blues again. Uh, we are drinking Death by Coconut, which they bill as an Irish porter. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the most apt way of describing it, but uh, it is a uh, just a delicious porter that is bombed with a hell of a lot of coconut. Um, so as the, as the name implies, uh, you know, they, some, for some reason, brands like to, you know, say things that, uh, you know, tie in with their product for some reason. So this one, uh, is kind of the embodiment of it. Uh, it pours dark Brown, almost black, uh, light tan head. Um, and you get on the, on the aroma, it's basically like a Mounds bar. Uh, you get like chocolate, coconut, and vanilla. Like it smells like a candy bar. Um, you know, and as you go to take a sip, uh, you get uh, about the same. Uh, you, get, you get a good note of like chocolate and like a little bit of roastiness. Um, the coconut is definitely there um, and definitely present. Um, but coconut doesn't necessarily like have this uh, w- within beer. It doesn't like hit you quite as hard. So it's present throughout, but it's not a uh, like if you thought that you were going to get the Gamble chocolate that was full of coconut, it's not quite like that um so it's i guess death by coconut is kind of a relevant term or relative term um you know when it comes to beer there is a lot of coconut for a beer but it's not like it's uh like i said it's not like you're gonna crack open a, a coconut and just uh scoop out the insides and go to town or get the gamble chocolate so uh it is very sweet it's dessert like but it's not very boozy. I think it comes in at like six and a half percent or so. Um, and you don't get a lot of booze, uh, like in the, in the flavor when you're, when you're drinking it, which can be nice because, uh, it's, it makes it a little bit more, uh, sessionable. You can have a couple of them and not really, uh, worry about too much. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a little thin, uh, for my preferences for like a porter or a stout. So, um, if, if you're looking for like that heavy duty, like the, the uh, motor oil consistency that you get with like some Imperial Stouts, uh, you're not going to find it here. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not enjoyable to drink because like I said, it's, it's a trading game. And it's a little bit easier to drink. Um, like like I said, the alcohol is a little bit lower and it's not like super heavy. So you don't feel miserable after, uh, after having one or two of them. So uh, it's, it's overall a pretty solid beer. Uh, rate beer gives it a, 90, a 97 out of 100. Uh, beer Advocate, 4.17. Untapped at 4.1. Um, I give it probably about a 3.75. Um, it's It's good. Um, I wouldn't say it's exceptional, uh, in the realm of like some of the other beers I've had, but it doesn't, it's, it's still like, I saw it on the shelf and I was like, oh, I want to have that because I've had it before and it's tasty. So, uh, it's just one of those beers that, uh, it it's, you know, it's your hard hat, uh, you know, lunch pail type of, uh, porter that just got jazzed up with a whole bunch of coconut. Nice. Very cool. So what's availability like,
0: can people find this readily available at like Grocery stores or is it going to be more of like your liquor stores or is it going to be even bottle shops?
1: Um, it'll be, so it's a limited release um, with just meaning that they don't, they don't make it year round, uh, but you can find it at, I mean, I bought it at Trader Joe's yesterday. So okay. it's, uh, it's around, it's in stores. I mean, you're going to need a store that has a, a decent beer selection. You're not going to probably find it at Walmart, but uh, you might find it at like a like a trader a dec- joe's
0: a, a decent BevMo. grocery store
1: even a, even a jewel might have it jewel osco or uh, albertson's that type of store okay may may have it so it, it just depends it's probably it probably does vary store by store but oscar blues is a uh pretty they have a good distribution uh footprint so it, it makes it, it it makes its way across the country fairly easily yeah
0: so if it's not the grocery store go to your bevmo your bennies your larger kind of retailers because they'll probably yep. have it in in mass quantities or quantities yeah.
1: It comes in four packs of cans, which is kind of nice too the can the can thing is uh uh they were kind of early on into the uh canning uh, which is now very popular in in the craft beer industry, where it used to be mostly bottles and bombers um so yeah the the can format is kind of nice because it's easier to store and uh you know it's just uh it's just a little bit of a uh, uh a better method of transport for your beer so i like it i'm a fan um so yeah go check them out oscar blues death by coconut awesome awesome thank you for letting us know the beer of the week i'm
0: putting you on the spot again for one last announcement because i know that you have it um what we'd like to do with obviously this podcast is not only bring you beers that we're enjoying and other stuff but we're talking about like events and things that we're uh know that's going on in the beer community and steve uh you mentioned to me i'm putting you on the spot a little bit but you mentioned to me that in a couple weeks there's tickets that are going on sale um do you want to take and briefly explain what that is uh oh yeah um um, so people in the community can prepare for that and then also uh do you a favor if you can't get it they can buy you your extra ticket for it kind (laughs) of thing
1: yes uh so a couple a couple weeks coming up here uh i believe on uh The seventeenth, I think it is St. Uh, Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day is typically when they go on sale. Uh, They they haven't. I don't think they made the formal announcement yet. But uh, Dark Lord Day tickets for Three Floyds will be going uh, up on sale in short order. Um, So I would keep your eyes and ears uh focused on social media and uh wherever you want to read about beer to just make sure that that's the official story but uh yeah the their uh infamous uh release party each year for dark lord russian imperial stout uh will be coming up and uh yeah so they do a online sale um it is very difficult to get tickets and that is your you're probably your best way of getting tickets if you don't live within the chicago land area uh, which is the overwhelming majority of people who uh, wind up buying tickets uh, do it online they do put some tickets up for sale at the pub um, but they announce it like early on a sunday morning and it'll be like oh we've got 200 tickets uh, you know you can get up to two and whoever shows up at the pub can buy them uh, so unless you're within a very close distance or you just so happen to like see their social media post at that time. You're like, Oh, I have nothing to do. I'm going to drive down there. Um, usually they last for a few hours at the pub, but, uh, yeah, the online sale is your, you know, the general route of buying tickets. So, um, it can be frustrating. Um, there you will spend a lot of time waiting, uh, for, uh, in the waiting room or uh you know having things refresh on you and things like that but uh it is a uh, it's all part of the experience uh <laughs> uh it's 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 from from beginning to end a uh a very interesting beer experience so uh it's it's well worth it uh it's a it's a little pricey it's probably going to clock in at about 200 to 225 dollars per ticket um but that usually
0: but gets you bottles uh bottles of your beer. beer so yeah that includes your... your
1: beer and a uh what they did last year was you. um and they've done this kind of, they've changed methods over the years, but last year's for, um you got a barrel-aged variant of Dark Lord or two vintage Dark Lords. It was just random what you got. So you got a bag and then you looked inside and you saw whatever you got. So my entire group that went, which was, I don't know, between eight and ten people, uh, we had everyone get a actual barrel age variant except for the guy who traveled the furthest uh, for it uh who came in from out of town uh wound up getting two of the vintage dark hordes but there were two years of dark hord that he didn't have in his uh stockpile so um it worked out okay for him i guess but everyone's wish is to kind of get the uh you know one of the variant dark hordes like bourbon vanilla or uh um you know uh what else I mean they, they did a whole bunch of new ones they had chemtrail mix last year which is the one I got uh, which had like pink peppercorns and cinnamon and they do a whole bunch of different stuff they have different treatments kind of each year some stay consistent but they always like kind of innovate on the periphery so um, yeah it's it's coming up so keep your eyes and ears uh, uh, open and I'm sure there'll be an official announcement soon and uh, yeah if you've got the if you've got the means I highly recommend it
0: yeah, so, and if you don't really remember what we're talking about, there's previous episodes, search the backlog of this of of the show, oh, this podcast backlog to take and talk about when we've talked about Dark Lord Day in the past. Um, it's good. And, yeah, th- we don't have the official date. We're not proclaiming that we know the date, but, like, we just wanted to let people know that this is around the time that those tickets go on sale. So if you do want to take and find them, you know, just, you know, go to their website, go to Three Floyd's website, and figure out, okay, mark it on your calendar put a google alert there maybe get a bing alert too you know you know <laughs> geo cities alert get everything you're wanting to cuz you don't want to miss on this opportunity i went for the first time it was a blast last year it was hot it, it was hot. um <clears throat> they moved the date back into may which was good so the weather was good and nicer um but yeah just um just heads up for that we just wanted to take and make sure that you guys knew you know doing our civic duty to take in sp- spread the beer wealth out so
1: yes it's a uh, it's a crazy event it will be culture shock a bit for the uh, average beer drinker but it is a uh, um a pretty a pretty cool unique experience uh, there's people sharing bottles everywhere outside of the gates and then inside they've got tons of stuff on tap and food and uh just a, it's it's an absolutely massive event there's thousands of people and uh it's it basically takes over the town of Munster, Indiana for the day. Um it's it's kinda crazy. Um it's it's well worth the expenditure, even if uh you know you wanna if if you say you go and you uh you know this is the only time you're gonna go, um I would recommend it to anyone to, do, to at least check it out one time before they uh, finish up their beer career.
0: Yes, absolutely. And if you don't like the food that they do have there on site there happens to be a white castle <laughs> inside of a gas station just across the street. So
1: yes, it's yeah. within walking distance. Yes. You can easily make your way over there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool.
0: Well, with those announcements wrapping up, why don't we actually just get into talking about stuff and things? How's that sound? Yeah, let's do that. Awesome. Awesome. Steve, what are we doing today?
1: Well, we've got to wrap up our uh, Battle Royale segment that we uh, carried over from our previous episode. Uh, so we've got our cartoon and animated cats versus dogs uh, conversation. Oh, yes, and, we uh, do. We, we've made it down to the final four. So Patrick, why don't you uh, uh, rehash our final four uh, or at least give us give us one team of the, uh, that's going to be in this main event that we've got.
0: Yeah, I'll give you the dogs team because the dogs team is pretty solid. Yeah, it's like team who let the dogs out, hashtag, quote, Bahaman. Um, this team is one that comes in with a cunning ability to, you know, slice and dice. It's basically the Shaq and Kobe, maybe the Penny and uh, Shaq <laughs> version of what you could get from this, you know. And these are animated things. And so we have the brainchild, uh, the cerebral assassin, perhaps, uh, of that being Brian the dog from Family Guy. Uh, playing the number one, number one, or maybe number two. He's probably your point guard, shooting guard. He's yeah, a little, think he's the facilitator. Yeah. And then you got the big man in the middle, literally the big man in the middle. You got Clifford, the big red dog. Um, <laughs> just because, you know, how can you not, you know, put him in the paint and see what happens? So that's our dog side of things. And our cat side of things, who do we got there, Steve?
1: But before we move on to the cats, is Clifford's nickname Diesel? It could be Big Diesel. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: Cliffet, Cliff, Cliffoo. <laughs> Cliff I don't know. I don't know. We can figure. I'll figure that one out. I'll figure some okay. like Big Daddy Diesel, Clifford.
1: Yeah, you you got something. I'm I'm sure that your mind is percolating. I, I, but, uh, I'll so figure something out. On the on the uh, feline side of things, cats for the uh,
0: layperson.
1: To the layperson, uh, we'll go with the uh, the lesser. The I shouldn't say lesser. Well, let's go with the uh, the color the color pink represents a lot of things uh but when i think pink i think of well not the not the terrible aerosmith song but i think of the pink panther um you have the guile you have the uh kind of kind of the masterful ability to uh not only show up in the uh fiberglass insulation industry but Dude, to really yes absolutely <laughs> but to really be the uh you know the the trickster of the of that tag team um and then you have to you know, you need a yin and yang dynamic uh when you have a tag team and i don't see how you could get any more yin and yang than bringing out the king of the king of the uh the pride lands you've got mufasa uh the the undisputed king of the jungle uh the you know if if he was if he was your uh you know if you if he was your wwe uh champion uh you would you would not be disappointed like the he is the man he's he's the rick flair of the feline wrestling world <laughs> i'd more say he's the
0: stone cold of the feline wrestling no
1: world. no 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 he's not he's he's more dignified he's he's a bigger a bigger roller than than stone cold stone cold's like. I, don't get me wrong, I love Stone Cold, but uh, I think Mufasa is, uh, you know, wheeling around the world, uh, letting everyone know that he's the man.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So, we came up with this Battle Royale, and, like, I don't know, like, back in the day when we were back in San Jose a few f- a few glorious months ago, we came up with when we had the Steve Ballmer, Steve Jobs... Uh, steve wozniak bill gates battle royale of tech giants fights (laughs) we did a street fight a wwe fight and then a boxing match for him and we got did these different things i don't know if we can necessarily do that on like cats and dogs because you can't put gloves on them and it's probably not the best thing to talk about it but overall I, i don't know what are your thoughts on that like how do we how do we find out who
1: the king of kings is I you know. think you, you can't do a ladder match here because uh, with the four legs they don't have opposable thumbs. Well, yeah, that and I mean it's just four legs in general. I mean that's that's way more moving parts. I mean humans fall off of ladders all the time. Yeah. Like I can't I can't imagine a, a dog or a cat trying to climb the ladder to get to you know get the briefcase or the keys to the kingdom or whatever the case may be. Um, I think we just uh, we just do this as a traditional uh, you know one fall. Uh, you know, battle royale. Like, nothing, nothing too special here. Okay. I shouldn't say battle royale because that that implies a different finish. Just, just one fall. It. You just need a simple pin, and that's you know, let's keep thing. Let's not involve gimmicks because honestly, I think Brian and the Pink Panther have enough gimmicks up their sleeves to uh, introduce to the match where they'll they'll provide a dynamic that will be entertaining to the to the legions of fans. So I don't think we need to do anything more than one fall.
0: Okay. So let's set the match up first and we'll go from there. Who's in the ring first for this tag team championship?
1: Well, I think first things first, you go, um, you're going to, you're going to put Mufasa in the ring against Clifford. Um, you, you put, you put the big, the big man out there first. Uh, but immediately they're both going to tag and they're going to, and they're going to swap out. I mean, that just, that is classic. That's, it's just going to happen. So they're both going to tag. So it's going to be, for all intents and purposes, it's going to be the pink Panther against Brian gimmick versus gimmick in there. Uh, you know, and we're, we're going to see some interesting things. Um, my, my concern in this match is the, I want it to be a relatively clean finish. Like I don't want the pink Panthers ability to distract or Brian, uh, running up some scheme that's gonna, that's gonna ultimately impact the and resolve the match. But I just don't, I don't know if there's going to be any way around it. Like, that's that's their game i'm fully expecting the referee to get knocked down or something at some point during this match right like, right and then that's gonna like, get knocked out there's gonna be a weapon introduced to the ring there's gonna be something and i you know it's just in a, unavoidable in, in a in a match with this much magnitude uh i think we're we're just gonna to have to deal with that so there's like an invis fence around the ring that's like <laughs> oh a, god <laughs> clifford goes too far and gets a little shock i don't know <laughs> yes or the pink panther is going to have some uh you know some sort of snack that uh, he's going to toss out towards uh towards clifford and clifford being large is going to need some sustenance so uh you know that there could be there could be any number of things that uh distract these opponents so yeah it's really going to come down to who's more focused i think in this match yeah
0: and that's the thing that we came back with the other tech giants it's like who's going to be more focused in this the long term so the the problems that i see so let's go weaknesses first okay um, on the dogs team, the weakness I have is I think that there's no, you know, fighting spirit necessarily, like tenacious fighting spirit. Clifford sure. the Big Red Dog, although big and although red, which would consume you to think that it would be, you know, red is f- anger, you know, big, angry, you know, big red machine. It could be Kane, you know, corporate Kane, <laughs> Kane for mayor. Uh <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Clifford, I think, is just going to be too docile for it. You know, he was in the children's realm. There was no, like... You know, we didn't see any, like, books of, like, Clifford, like, the dark days where it's, like, Clifford goes on drugs or something like that. Or, like, (laughs) Clifford's, like, adolescence where it's, like, he just talks back to his parents. Clifford was a happy dog, and I don't know if he knew how to turn him on, like, turn on, like, to potentially flip the switch to take him, you know, get into the mode to protect. I never saw the protective spirits there, but the sheer volume of his girth and mass... Uh, in the ring is something to be, you know, you know, there's a reason that some of these professional wrestlers, you know, don't get pinned or don't get dropped or do these moves and stuff like that or don't get choke slammed and stuff is because people can't lift them. And so that's the question that I have is can Clifford once in the ring have moves applied to him that's going to take and do something of damage that is he going to be there just long term? and wear the other team out, and I don't know that answer. However, See, I don't think... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. however, I think Musafa. one of the things with being a lion, being the king of the jungle, is not only are you smart to try to find weakness, but you are strong, you have that protective instinct, and you know how to exploit weakness. So I think that th- when those two are in the ring, it's going to be more of like a... Not a cat and mouse, because it's a cat and dog, but it's going to be more of... Mufasa is going to take and try to exploit certain things, like go for a leg, go for a limb, get one thing weaker, and then take and exploit that further. Um, have Pink Panther come in and do some things there. That's kind of my approach with how this is, you know, yeah. you know, at least I, at least I, setting out for the beginning,
1: the onset. I think that's I think that's sound logic, my friend. Um, <laughs> as sound as it could be, talking yes. about this. <laughs> um, one thing I will say is that you should not underestimate Brian. Um, one, he's a uh, he's got a he's got a desperate streak to him. He's a writer, he's got a, a bit of a drinking problem, he's got he's got some anger issues. Um, so I would not, uh, I would not discount him, um, in in this match and and pulling something out that is a what is it, uh, drunk Brian or a,
0: sober Brian.
1: <laughs> well, you know, that's to be determined. Um, so I would just say he's got that ability. He's got he's got a little bit of that anger inside. Uh, so we, you know you don't want to necessarily take him for granted. Um, on the Clifford side of things, I, I think you're right about uh, the whether he's got the the drive for this. Um, also, I think as smart as Brian might be, I don't I don't know if anyone's ever attested for Clifford's intellect. Um, and I think Mufasa and the Pink Panther. Are going to just use the size against them. They're going to run them ragged um, because they're agile, they're cats, they're nimble. Um, I, if you get in that ring, like you just don't. As long as you don't get cornered, you're going to be okay. Like so, you use that and you make him weaker. You make him have less stamina, and then you're going to have an easier, uh, an easier chance of going about pinning a lug like that. When if, if he's the one in the ring that's going to get pinned. Like, do you
0: even see Brian and Pink Panther in the ring for more than ten percent of this match?
1: Um, I think that yes, I I I would say more than more than ten. Yes, I would say no more than thirty, though. Okay, yeah, that's the people are the people are paying to see uh, a heavyweight knockout. Yeah, yeah, but. You they do need a roll. I mean, every everyone's got to tag. Everyone's got to get a get a break. I mean, if you take a you take a tough bump or or whatever the case may be, you gotta you gotta catch your wind and uh, get back uh, get back to where you need to be in order to go. You know, to finish a match like this. Any guest interruptions during this? Like, would Air Bud come out during the middle of it?
0: <laughs> you know, or like okay. like a puppy bowl or something? I know Let's they're not say- animated, but would there be like any sort of like any like interruptions that you could see?
1: Let's say each each side gets one interruption, one like one cameo type interruption. So who would who would I'll take the cat side of things. You so you you work through the dog. So you you proposed Airbud. Um I'm not I wouldn't be worried about Airbud necessarily. Like um uh, do you have a do you have a more apt uh, or a more or a more cunning or or powerful well i was just okay. using air
0: Bud as an example as right, a, I, guess, know, that's what I'm, I
1: I like the premise I, I like the premise but i think you need someone more impactful uh from the from the canine side of things okay okay let me think about that um so the cats i mean i could see like if it, and uh, i didn't say like they have to be a dog like in theory the the dogs could put out like scar or something now but does it
0: have to be an animated one?
1: Yeah, it has to be animated.
0: The animated one? Okay.
1: So yeah, so let's let's get rid of Airbud. Let's okay. just say let's say animated.
0: So I um, think the animated dog that they'll come out and be like, you know basically if I would take and consider it to be this would be the Roman reigns of animated dogs. <laughs> you know, they'd get Balto to come out there and just yeah he'll just like (laughs) run out from the center and just like start peeing everywhere and just like go into town just destroying musafa and then something will happen where you know the pink panther would throw him off and then he'd just sit in the side of the ring for like 25 minutes and then run away that's kind of well
1: yeah he he would charge up uh, or he would sit under the ring for 40 minutes and then come back out and ruin the finish because that's roman reigns yeah
0: but yeah like if 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 roman reigns is personified in animated dog form. I think Balto is 100% like the most apt uh one that I could think of. I don't think okay. if there's
1: any other one, can you? No, I mean, I'll take it. Okay. I'm uh, <laughs> I was not expecting a Balto reference, so uh let's see for the cats. Um this is a this is an interesting one um cuz I I'm not sure if they want to go like gimmick with it or if they want to have uh like another like another badass like mufasa out there um so i'm i'm kind of uh i'm kind of torn on on that side of things dude um, i know
0: exactly who they'd pull
1: out who do you think they pull out
0: well if they had the ability like if the booking agent was there they'd pull out the farting machine of stimpy and have him come out and just stink up everybody <laughs> it's okay
1: so you want to go you want to go full you want to go full gimmick then well potentially, but no.
0: Stimpy would come out there and like I think he would have like some. I, I personally think that that would be a solid choice of the writing crew to take and do this. Um, Stimpy's got some, you know, amazing qualities: tenacious, goofy, you know. But I think he could take him definitely have an impact into the match uh, at pro the feline uh, realm.
1: Okay, I I will accept that. So we'll, or Snowball we'll just... too. <laughs> we'll we'll move on. We don't want we definitely don't want Santa's little helper. Right, right, right.
0: <laughs> That's um, not how you pet a dog. This is how you pet a dog.
1: So moving on here, um another issue that I could see is that uh cats are typically not uh, you know, they don't hunt in packs usually. Um they're usually kind of a little bit more solitary. Um so I'm I'm a little worried about the teamwork on the cat side of things. Um, are they going to go through and, and tag out, tagging and out when they need to, um, are, is there going to be any, uh, issue with who gets the pin? Like who's going to get the heat? Who's going to, who's going to carry the belt? Um, are they going to have any sort of infighting? Because I mean, I think Mufasa could do it on his own, but you never want to have to be a hundred percent reliant on, on doing it yourself. Uh, but if you can't, uh, if you if you can't rely on your partner for those breaks and for you know to to uh, you know run run distraction or any number of those things, uh, you you might be you might find yourself in a rough spot. So that's that's my concern. I think the I think the dog side of things. Uh, I think Clifford's a follower, so I think if Brian can take charge. Uh, you you'd have a, a good shot at uh, at least having a coordinated match where uh, you're going to put yourself in the best position to win a belt. Yeah, I fully agree. I think cats by
0: nature are don't they? Aren't they more like a, a lazy creature? They're more worried about sleeping and hairballs and fancy feast. Well, and dogs,
1: I, I think that's a little disparaging. Um, house I cats,
0: mean, house cats. Well, I mean, technically, we don't have house cats. We have a lion and a panther you know Uh if you had those in your house i'd be kind of worried about
1: what other (laughs) things you might be possessing in your house i mean Um, if you had a i mean they they put clifford in a house but that doesn't work out very well either right yeah you you gotta have a fucking mansion to house isn't it
0: also a big red house too i I don't know i don't it's been a long time since i read clifford so what if we find out like that the usada comes back and say clifford's on steroids He's been doping, blood doping, and that's why he's like, you know, he's like uh, Blanca from Street Fighter. You know, he's (laughs) just like, these massive mutations. He was literally like a beagle, and then these like steroids (laughs) and stuff like mutated him into a big red dog. I mean, would he be allowed to fight in this hypothetical, truly hypothetical match?
1: If they caught him beforehand, no. If they caught him after the fact, then what are you going to change? Pay me my money yeah i mean they're, I mean, these guys are independent contractors they pay their way um you know it's the wwe model uh so i i think it all depends on when he gets when that test comes back dirty okay yeah see um, yeah
0: i don't know like we're making lots of interesting points here so steve run it through me run it through uh run it through the winner let's see what we got
1: um yeah i think that uh, I think that Brian and Clifford are going to take the early uh, the early lead. They're going to they're going to run out. They're going to uh, kind of put the unexpected uh, you know rally out there and kind of show that they're contenders. Um, but I think that overall, um, I'm going to trust the, the King. I'm gonna I'm going to fall back on that. I'm going to say that they're going to strategize. They're going to have the the tags in and out when they need to. And uh, Mufasa is going to pin Brian. Uh, Brian is going to be uh, – or Clifford's going to be disabled at some point and leaving Brian in the in the ring. And it's going to be Mufasa versus Brian for the easy pin. Very interesting. Get the one, two, three, and hand the belt over to the Cats.
0: I think if it pleases the court, I'll probably agree with that. I do think it would be an entertaining match. I do think that the guest interruptions will definitely be good. The question that I do have for you, um, and it's very, very serious about this topic, is – When Balto Roman Reigns comes to the ring, (laughs) does he come in from the ramp or does he come in from the crowd?
1: Oh, he comes in from the crowd, no doubt.
0: So, like, eating hot dogs and stuff on the way, (laughs) coming through, (laughs) sniffing butts. Like, Balto's just like.
1: (laughs) I would like Roman Reigns so much more if he came in from the crowd and was eating hot dogs. (laughs) Sniffing butts, like Balto? (laughs) Well, sniffing butts, optional, but. (laughs) That's good.
0: That's good. So I think we TB the two B continued worked out pretty well. So, you know, I do think it would be like one of the WWE's finest matches if they could actually figure out how to make this work. What do you, what say you?
1: Oh yeah, I mean it would be it would be up there. I mean it is a little bit of a telegraphed finish like. It's it's the it's the Bill Goldberg coming back and and you know and, and taking the belt and you know doing his doing the spear and being in the ring for a minute and a half uh, kind of matchup. I mean, obviously they'll put on a better entertainment value. Um, you know that the, these guys will work a little bit harder than that. But uh, I mean, as far as what you're expecting there, like you know damn well, like Mufasa's getting in that ring, Mufasa's winning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like a Gilbert match too. <laughs> Not just Goldberg, but yes. I digress, and then we have crowned our champion.
1: Yes, our champions, are, are the tag team champions of the animated uh, cats and dogs world are Mufasa and the Pink Panther. Yeah.
0: the crowd goes wild. So
1: and a, and a probably a rematch at like I don't know Raw in a week. <laughs>
0: That's awesome, Steve. What do we talk about next?
1: Yes, my friend. Since we are recording on Sunday morning, uh, and, Sunday you know, Sunday we, Sunday. Sun, we are not going to the monster truck rally. Um, but uh, you know what? I uh I think that uh hunger is a topic that is uh crosses our mind f- pretty regularly. Um as if you listen to our last uh episode and you uh listen to us talk about sushi and hibachi and then us winding up going to get hibachi merely Oh I don't know 20 minutes after we recorded the podcast you know that uh, food is a, is a subject near and dear to our hearts um sometimes you're you're in need of uh getting a breakfast fast um and I think that there is nothing better than uh, to to calm that than to get your uh breakfast sandwich from one of the fine fast food establishments that uh that are seem to be catching on all over our country um Patrick <laughs> Let's, let's get into the roundup. Let's get into the roundup of our breakfast sandwich, uh, the fast food breakfast sandwich, because uh, the, we got a lot of territory that we can cover here and there's some obscure ones. So uh, let's, let's dive right in my man.
0: So I just got a breakfast sandwich this morning. Uh, literally <laughs> uh show prep, you know, you know, did doing, you go to, where did you go doing some science? I, I went to Starbucks just because it was oh, across the not, way that doesn't count. And Nope. Let me tell you why. Let me at least say it first. Um, I'm, I got coffee and Starbucks has got their line of breakfast sandwiches and wraps and everything. And I'm going to say that of the breakfast sandwich, the, the not fast food, but good food served quickly restaurants that we <laughs> have across this great land from sea to shining sea, um, Purple Mountain Majesty. Uh, Starbucks has got the worst fucking breakfast sandwiches of all of them.
1: They're not good. They're not not good, good.
0: and they're super expensive. And it's like every time I eat them, it's like you're trying hard. Like you're trying too hard. I don't care for like an arugula goat cheese pig fart (laughs) sandwich. Um, Like I I just literally got a sausage egg cheese sandwich. It was like 4 bucks or whatever it was, and it just didn't taste right. And the reason I think it is is because it's – and they're not healthy for you if they're even trying to like portray that they're healthy. They're just not. You know i'd rather go get like a nasty and i'm not saying nasty as in i'm using air quotes like a you know a mcnasty you know <laughs> the, saus- the sausage egg cheese uh egg mcmuffin you know or yeah. see the bk breakfast is tough for me um because i think everything kind of circulates around the hash brown the accoutrement of things like the the side order that you get as well so Starbucks way off the chain is wrong but yeah, I think you know, who
1: else is is weak in that realm is Panera really yeah their their breakfast sandwiches are weak sauce too the St. Louis bread company is weak St. Louis bread company does not uh they're not they're not great I mean See, I think but that's better, how Panera,
0: Panera started as a bakery like as yeah. a and there was like I think the Panera after like from what I remember offers too much
1: they do have a lot. Um, I will say they are better than the Starbucks breakfast sandwiches, but they are not, uh, uh, we'll just put it this way. I, if, if I've got a McDonald's and a Panera next door to one another, I'm going to go to McDonald's 10 out of 10 times for breakfast for a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. hundred yeah. yeah, percent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. Like, I think that McDonald's is like it, it for me, there's only two players in the breakfast game in terms of, uh, good food done fast and it's okay. the mcdonald's and then it's the bk if i'm gonna take it because most of like you know i hate to say that we're in a caste system where we're th- ranking things by certain like it's different things uh but there's definitely a level of quality that the mcdonald's breakfast the fact that people know what time of day it is based upon what type of menu <laughs> is on previously before you had the all-day breakfast like come on guys um is one huge thing. So McDonald's and Burger King are up in the top there. I think yeah, a, I, There's a, no doubt about that. A new contender is obviously that Taco Bell, and I don't know where to put that as a dark horse yet. I've never tried it, so I can't um, say if it's higher or above, but it's one that's interesting. Another one that I've had, can't get it today because it's Sunday, but Chick-fil-A breakfast. And I have an existential... Conundrum with doing that because there was a Chick fil A breakfast burrito that had chicken and eggs inside of it. And I'm like, how can I be eating this burrito because it's chicken and egg and I don't know which one came first? (laughs) Hey, hey. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, literally thinking to myself, I'm like, that it's just Bonze, just really just a bad train of events for it. But Chick fil A's (laughs) breakfast, interesting. I don't know, like eggs on chicken just seem like, you know, it seems like a little bit of like
1: cannibalism.
0: I think that's a hate crime. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it is. What say you um, about some of this, my friend?
1: So I, I think you're 100% right in your observation of, the, of McDonald's and BK being the big players. Um, the, I think the McMuffin is the undisputed king of the, uh, of the breakfast sandwich realm. Um, it's the Mufasa of the breakfast sandwich uh, world. And you, the Starbucks really, is the Stimpy of the breakfast sandwich world. <laughs> Starbucks is the Balto, <laughs> okay, yes, I, there we go Star, Starbucks is Rango <laughs> <laughs> jeez um, yeah the the McMuffin, I think is the is the king uh you 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 can you can try you can come at the King, but you best not miss. We'll just put it that way, despite the fact that there is a Burger King involved. Um, my personal favorite sandwich is the croissant which the problem i have with the croissant from burger king is the consistency issues um the king has to work on um improving some of the uh the cooking abilities of uh some of his uh some of his kitchen staff we'll just put it that way um it it some of his feudal
0: parishioners
1: yeah so it tends to like i had one yesterday and i got the bacon egg and cheese variety normally i'm a ham egg and cheese guy um, but i decided to go with bacon i wanted to twist things up a little bit and i get it and it was basically the croissant Wait, was fine you want to twist it up and go with bacon the difference yeah. between bacon and ham is negligible it's no it's it's massive in the breakfast sandwich world my friend this No, is, just
0: like it's this it's still pork it's still a pig yeah. like i'm just in generalities food? you got me
1: laughing with that one go ahead the the problem was the croissant was good uh the bacon was fine. The, the egg was fine. But you gave me basically a cold slice of American cheese on there. So there, there had no melting, which makes it cu- tricky for the rest of the ingredients to bind together. That cheese is really the component that, that it's, it's the glue that holds the sandwich together. And by just throwing me a cold piece of fucking American cheese on the top, it, it really ruined my day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I will say that I much prefer the Burger King hash brown coin and I think we've talked about this before but the hash brown coin is far superior to the uh to the to the McDonald's patty.
0: Yeah, I think the king should take and stay with their hash brown coins. They should not go in the tots realm either. Like they should just stay no. with what's good. I tried those cheesy tots yesterday which were absolutely horrid. Like they were just like the most disgusting thing I've ever had in my life. See,
1: I, when we, when we talked about the, the fast food burgers segment, um, but back, I got, I don't even remember what the episode was, but when we talked about that, we did praise the King because the King is nothing but innovative. Um, you know, McDonald's doesn't really, uh, doesn't really get the the changes in the menu. They've got some classics. I mean, they'll, they'll twist things up every now and again, but it takes a lot more for McDonald's to be adventurous than it does for the King. The King likes to get out there, get into the test kitchen and, and develop uh, you know new products to bring the market and see what sticks. So I will say that Burger King does tend to get a little bit more creative, but uh, that because you know sometimes the price you pay for that creativity is you fall flat on your face from time to time yes exactly and the cheesy tots sound like that uh that was the case
0: They're, they should be called cheesy knots and you should stay away oh, from them oh hey yep i'm <laughs> dropping that you know dropping that fire there but i do have a. as we were talking about this i do have a thought that popped into my pretty little brain here that i'm going to take and spew to the internet so okay. previously we've been talking about restaurants that are you know, three and/or four meal restaurant chains for establishments. Mm-hmm. What say you about a breakfast sandwich that comes from a breakfast geared restaurant, say a Dunkin' Donuts, perhaps? Now, for me, when I go into a Dunkin' Donuts, I don't think of a breakfast sandwich, I think of donuts. And so, yeah. like, it's got to take in just to supplant the incumbent name main product category of what you're going into there for their sandwiches have to be goddamn amazing and i just don't think that's the case in 90% of the times i go into a dunkin donuts what is your experience with these uh said dunkin donut experiences
1: i've i don't think i've had the dunkin donuts sandwich before yeah um, I, i've i've gone i've gone to dunkin donuts and got a bagel um but i don't um, that's not a sandwich it's not well I, yeah i understand what about like oh, going man. to
0: einstein's bagels and then getting a I, breakfast sandwich like it just seems like or great american bagel company
1: uh, yeah i that's uh, not my my preferred uh method of sandwich uh delivery like i like i'd rather just go to mcdonald's or burger king and get right right the you know if you got a good thing going don't you know why should i why should i be the one to put put myself at risk By getting something that I might not like.
0: Exactly. If you've got the name of your primary product inside of your the name of your restaurant, like Dunkin' Donuts, I don't trust your other product offerings. You know, I trust your donuts because you're 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 betting hard enough on your name to take and put that in there. Einstein's bagel brothers bagels. I trust your bagels to be damn good. I don't go to like McDonald's for bagels, I go to Einstein's, you know. So that was one of the things that was for me i don't think i trust a bagel sandwich from you
1: you know yeah uh what do you feel like on the biscuit sandwich realm are, are you a fan of the the biscuit as your uh your sandwich delivery vessel i like it yeah like but for me biscuits and a breakfast
0: sandwich are usually uh reserved for the biscuits and gravy yeah dude. so, so i don't so think in- you can have that as a way to take and have that in a when I think of a sandwich, I don't think I think of a breakfast sandwich as being a closed face, something you can eat with your hands. Mm-hmm. If you can give me a closed faced biscuit gravy sandwich, I will marry you forever. Well, um, I'm gonna
1: let me let me do this for you. Um, you need to to head your way down to uh, your local Hardee's uh, because at the local Hardee's, they not only have the biscuit and gravy option, but they also have a pork chop and gravy sandwich. Interesting, uh, which,
0: interesting, which
1: i mean it basically um it basically gives you what you're looking for there um the the problem is i th- I just think that's too messy that's exactly what i'm saying it's like a biscuits yeah. and gravy you're taking
0: it you need to eat that with a it's like chicago deep dish anybody that picks that up is i'm kind of worried about you know if you're not <laughs> eating with a fork and a knife yeah it might be from palatine uh <laughs> hey, sh- shout out to all of our friends from you know, palatine.
1: In palatine or are from palatine <laughs> yep it's a Northwest Um,
0: subway, uh, Northwest, uh, suburbs, uh, slam right there. You know, so um, Arlington Heights, never forget
1: going back to the, the biscuit. So like, I would say like, if I'm going to McDonald's and 10 times I'm going to get a McMuffin or a variety of the McMuffin. So whether it's the traditional or the sausage, whatever, um, I'm getting that probably nine times and I'm probably going one time with a biscuit, like, uh, either a sausage egg and cheese biscuit or a bacon egg and cheese biscuit. Right. 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 Totally. Say, I like the biscuit sandwich, but like for some reason it's just not in my, uh, uh, it, it, it doesn't hit my, my ordering, uh, order, I guess, so to speak, uh, very often, but, uh, back and in continuing on biscuits, um, I don't know if if this is actually a thing, or if this is just an uh, uh, individual item, or if this is a commonplace thing. But like, I noticed that like in the South, people like go to Hardee's and get the you know the biscuit breakfast sandwich, and they fucking put jelly on it. I think that might be a South thing. Get the fuck out of here with that nonsense! <laughs> I don't well, want like strawberry or grape jelly on my sausage, egg and cheese biscuit. No, but if you didn't have. Like so,
0: if it was just a biscuit jelly is a is applicable. Yeah, biscuit
1: alone, no meat, cheese, egg product in the middle. Yeah, one hundred percent biscuit yep. jelly, good to go.
0: Yep, yeah, no, I I agree. I just I'm curious what Shoney's is offering in the breakfast realm of sandwiches now. It's <laughs> not fast food, man. No, it's good food served at
1: a quality price. You know. <laughs> um the other shoney's uh, god dang it i want to go i haven't been to a shoney's in probably so 25 years at least i would i would say it's around that that time period there used to be one in kenosha god i
0: love that their their hot
1: chocolate was amazing yeah um what what do you say about the mcgriddle which one is that is that the one that's on top of the pancakes yeah the pancakes are the like they're they're like a cake with like saw they're basically a pancake that has the syrup contained within it then okay it's well bacon egg and cheese sausage egg and cheese let me what? just
0: let me just drop this i don't fuck with anything but a sausage egg mcmuffin okay so like okay. that, that's straight up like no point in trying to change you know no yeah. point if it's like again if you have proven that you are the U- usain bolt of breakfast sandwiches at the <laughs> primary thing why do you try to deviate you know from that. Yeah. Their bacon no, I, always I agree, sucks. Yeah. And they're you know, the the standard egg McMuffin with uh the ham piece on it is kind of a little funky for me.
1: That's Canadian bacon, my friend. Yes.
0: Canadian <laughs> bacon, northern northern ham.
1: <laughs> um yeah, I'm a firm uh detractor of the McRiddle. The, those can straight up get the fuck out of my face. Um the I one time was at Midway Airport and they messed up the numbers for our orders. And I – so, like, I had ordered, like, an a Egg McMuffin with hash brown, yada, yada, yada. And uh, I get up there, and I unwrap the sandwich, and I get a fucking sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle. And I started – I had to eat, so I, I, you know, forced it down my gullet. But I <laughs> was probably – That was on one of my trips out to California to go like before I lived out here um, to visit friends. And I mean, that borderline may have ruined my first day of the vacation.
0: That's that's not good. (laughs) What I'm just thinking about this one disgusting sandwich that if I was the people at McDonald's, you probably tried to make at one point. But what if they made a uh, basically a filet of fish on an egg McMuffin? oh god like a filet <laughs> of fish on like a like a uh english muffin with like a piece of cheese it tartar like hey Shout i got an Arbor idea Josh oh god that would just be the most <laughs> disgusting thing anyways uh one last thing is like jimmy dean makes a solid breakfast product if you're gonna take and do the frozen realm but that's all yes, i you. got on this whole topic
1: <laughs> i concur with that um one last uh uh recommendation i have for you on the west coast um Go pop your, pop your way into the Jack in the box. Oh, heck yeah. Um, Get yourself the ultimate breakfast sandwich, which is egg, cheese, uh, ham, bacon on like a burger bun. It's top notch. Highly, I can't, can't recommend it enough. It is a excellent uh, breakfast offering. Makes you feel like you're, uh, you know, you're advancing your day a little further because it's like, Hey, it's almost like a burger. Um, but you've got all the breakfast goodies that, uh, make it, uh, you know, bring you back to that, that warm morning time where it's like, Hey, this is the comfort food I need for this hour.
0: And if you don't really want that and you're still at Jack in the box, you can get some ginger bacon cheese and then you can get some jalapeno poppers and then <laughs> have a, have a lovely day figuring out what you're going to be doing the rest of that day. Uh, I'll tell you what <laughs> you're going to be doing the rest of that day. <laughs>
1: Oh, and, and one parting shot, um, Wendy's. I know that they started serving breakfast somewhere. I have yet to have a breakfast anything from Wendy's. I need to I need to break that because I I feel like they're due because they're Wendy's does some things very well. Um, so I want to give them a chance, but I have not done that yet. So uh, you just I want a maybe, breakfast? Frosty. Maybe that'll be a a research uh, trip for this podcast at some point.
0: You just want a breakfast frosty.
1: I mean if I could
0: if I could pull that game off, why not? Right, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So Steve, take us to the next
1: one. Take us take me to the Matthews Bridge. Oh, God, just more of a biscuit. That's what everyone needs on a Sunday morning. Um <laughs> Um what if that just made me think, like, what if Fred Durst was like playing coffee houses on a Sunday morning, like go he popped down to your uh, you know, your local uh Jacksonville uh, coffee, coffee <laughs> store, and uh, you got Fred Durst playing a fucking acoustic set right there in front of you. Consider you can't like. Just like an acoustic DJ set
0: too, like, he's like spinning the record, but it's like not on a record player. He's literally there spinning it while singing.
1: Do you think if he's playing the uh, acoustic set that uh, he's wearing the backward red Yankees hat or is he, is he doing like maybe a a Yankees beanie or or something a little bit more hipster? I think it's contractually obligated for him to wear the hat all the time. You would say he's new era committed.
0: Yeah, no, he got it stapled to the side of his head. (laughs) it's literally it's literally literally a hairpiece for him
1: (laughs) all right well before we go down that rabbit hole because we can do that for a long time um patrick we've got the nfl combine uh just is that wrapping up today i think it is but uh it's it's been going on It's it's been going on for a little bit yeah and that's uh for those of you not in the know the nfl scouting combine is where they make a bunch of uh prospective nfl athletes uh Basically, wear spandex or underwear and run around and do a bunch of exercises, um, and then they indoors, and, yeah, in inside, and then they try and judge how good of a football player they're going to be based off those things. Um, and they make so, them take a psychological profile test. <laughs> exactly, um, it, it's really you know breaking you down to your your inner core and uh, finding out the the true measure of a man uh, is that's what that's what they really get to, um, but. We saw an interesting, uh, an interesting note um, related and, to the scouting combine, and we're going to um, cite the
0: source because I think we should cite the source first before. Absolutely. So um, we saw. A, you go. You want to go ahead? Yeah. On twenty four seven sports, there was a post on there. Which would be showing us uh, a, a question of historical reference of which of these two players would you draft if you were a general manager of an NFL football team? This was saying from the Chicago Bears, but you could say any said football team. And mm-hmm. it would be would you rather draft Bobby Boucher or Forrest Gump from the, <laughs> uh, what is it, Southeast County uh, LSU? No, so Mud Dogs Forrest
1: Gump, University of Alabama. Right. And rolled it rolled damn tied. Roll tie. and, the, and then you've got uh Bobby Boucher, linebacker, uh SCLSU. South LSU, <laughs> South Central Louisiana State University, mud dogs. Joe Montana.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I said Joe Montaigne. <laughs> so um, so that you, got the, the that got the proverbial wheels and the hamsters spinning on our brains to uh to think about like this particular uh uh topic so Steve if you were sitting there with the number one pick if you were the Cleveland Browns this year and you had to pick uh, and you, your needs were you know defensive linebacker or you know specialist running back. who would you take
1: oh uh, I mean, for me, uh, my scouting background and uh, my, my area of expertise uh, uh, remains on the offensive side of things, so I'm biased towards the offensive side of the ball. Um, I will say that uh, i I prefer to uh pick. Pick players from big name programs. um, You know where where they're playing against the best competition. Uh, So I think right there, that's a, that's a big plus for, uh, for Forrest Gump. I mean, if you look at what Bobby Boucher did, I mean, there's no denying the numbers, but you have to wonder, you know, who's in South central Louisiana state University's conference. Like what's their strength of schedule looking like? Like, is he just bum slaying? Is he beating up on bad teams? I mean, he had a good showing in the bourbon bowl, but they played uh,
0: Iowa, they played bigger name teams in this, like in this different thing. So there were like big 10 teams that went down And funny thing is, they went down Down, to the SCLSU uh, Mud Dog Arena,
1: the swamp. Yeah, the swamp. (laughs) Um, So I will say I prefer to to watch the guy uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But that said, um, knowing full well Forrest Gump uh, playing in Alabama, you know he's playing behind a stud offensive line um you know generally mammoth uh, individuals that uh somehow are created for uh the the fine state of alabama football team uh so that that does uh, pose some questions about uh you know um is he a product of a great offensive line or is he is he a product of immense talent
0: see and i'm gonna call the spade a spade you don't know he's a running back he in the movie he's not listed as a running back right but he's I'm he's a return assume-
1: specialist yeah, so but I'm gonna. I'm the, gonna. You have to translate that too. You're not gonna. There's only been one Devin Hester, and I don't think Forrest Gump is gonna be Devin Hester.
0: Well, no, I get that, but what I'm saying is, there's no assumption that he could play the ball, so he could be coming out as a return kick return specialist. He could be a mediocre wide receiver. Forty four doesn't implicate him to actually be a running <laughs> back either. You know, no, the numbering no. system is there, so th- you're you're taking creative liberties to put him there. So.
1: And by that nature, I'm I'm projecting. I mean, that's my job as a scout to project where I think that the player is going to fit in to my, to my NFL team. And that's where I'm going to need him
0: and see, and that's where I would lean more to the Bobby Boucher because he's shown as a true position player, as an outside linebacker that he has the chops, regardless of if he knows how to actually play the game of football (laughs) or if he knows where the medulla oblongata is. And if mama says, (laughs) Alligator is an honor because they got so many teeth and no toothbrush. Um, he still can take and do that. I think that he embodies a linebacker spirit. I think his closing ability is remarkable. Um, he demonstrates different things on a special teams level in terms of blocking kicks and taking things there. There's from the clips that we have, from the game footage, <laughs> going to the <laughs> tape, you got to take it back to the tape to grade, the, to grade you know, these people. Are going to watch the 11 on 11? Yeah, you got to take and watch it. I think that Bobby Boucher evolves in a single season to take and be a player that I'd feel more confident that I wouldn't get fired as a general manager for the okay. Browns to draft. You, now, however, so think- Forrest Gump is a very solid thing if you use the extrapolation. Like, if you can say, like, okay, he's this fast because he's run, Forrest, run. And he can run and he can do outrun things in the kick game. But... I don't know if he's got speed that is, you know, power that he can run up the center of the field, you know, behind, you know, taking, doing zone blocking uh, through zone or ISO plays, or if he's got that speed to the outside and then he can cut up and take and have breakaway speed.
1: Yeah. I think you're looking at a, you're not looking at a between the tackles runner with, with Forrest Gump. You're looking at a guy who needs to be on the outside with a little bit of daylight, maybe a, maybe a a guard on a pole. That uh, gets a gets a little bit of a wall out there in front of him, um, because uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, he is a little undersized for uh, the uh, b- a between the tackles type uh, runner. Right, and I don't trust all every
0: like. There's some Alabama running backs that may not have been the best. <laughs> so let's <laughs> say like Mark Ingram panned out great, great Alabama running back. Uh, Eddie Lacy came out of college; he was a great college running back. Came out, came out a little he- a little heavy. Still had a great career, and he's a power running back. And then you got Trent Richardson who played pretty well behind that offensive lineman. Then the camp runs into the back of his offensive line and almost (laughs) butt fumbles and stuff like that out of the league. So just because the big name players in those leagues, I just don't necessarily think that, but you know, I agree. You know, that's that's why we're different teams of GMs. You know, I'll be on the Jaguars. You could be the Browns. Okay. (laughs) Um,
1: the, the thing, is with uh I think your philosophy is you're going to take the guy with the uh, higher floor whereas I'm going to take the guy with the higher ceiling potentially yeah like if, you, if you're going Bobby Boucher like you're seeing the things he can do but he's he's always a defensive player he's he can only react to what's going on uh, which doesn't doesn't mean that he's not a valuable player but uh he's not he's never going to be the guy who sets the tone um like an offensive player does so I, I think that Forrest Gump has the higher has the higher ceiling as a as a runner and an offensive player, but Bobby Boucher is also a uh, a, a valid a valid pick. You, you I would not uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Boucher went in the in the top five in the same draft. Right now, um, if
0: Boucher or Gump takes and falls to the second round, and you scoop them both up. Now you got a tandem tandem pair there, but (laughs) like I mean that's that's
1: high value right there.
0: Exactly, exactly. But like this kind of like sparked off like okay, Bobby Boucher, the Watto boy, and Forrest Gump. Run, Forrest! Spooked off like a kind of like it made me think of other different movies in the football realm of like players and stuff that you could want to draft and stuff like that. So are there any other movies that you would think of that would be like, okay, if you're a general manager, would you take and pick like, okay. Like if you're a general manager and you're sitting there and you need a quarterback and cinema American movie, well, I guess let's just do movie history. Cause it doesn't need okay. to be an American movie history. Who would you take uh, as your quarterback? Number one pick in the fantasy draft of that. And this is, okay. it's it's tough. We'll go do a couple of positions and see what we can come up with. But like, yeah, I don't want to put you on the spot if you don't want to go
1: first. I could pick one, you know. No, I'm happy to go first. Um, I I did some, you know, I've done my research. I watched the combine results. Um, at, at QB, I, I really had it narrowed down to uh, uh, to two guys. Um, one. Being uh Shane Footsteps Falco, oh, ohio uh, from state, the replacements. um, and then but my my pick uh for my QB is going to be Paul Wrecking Crew from the longest yard. See, at, at QB. Th-
0: that's a tough one, that's Rod, you know, that's a tough, that's a tough, tough pick because if you've already selected Bobby Boucher, can you take and select uh Paul Crew because it's still Adam Sandler.
1: Well, see, I think that uh, well, you're you're assuming that I'm I'm implying uh, the the Adam Sandler longest yard. Um, I, Are you I'm taking I'm Burt using, Reynolds. I'm taking Burt Reynolds. Okay, absolutely. so you're
0: taking Turd Ferguson. Yes, one hundred percent. Okay, Turd Ferguson for the win. There. See, I like so, so I always went with the new longest yard for that. So that was one of the ones I was thinking. And I stroke. Uh, I took in. Uh, took both. Shane Footstep Salco off of my list right there. Cause he lost, you, you, were, wor- sh- you were worried what he did in, in the, 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 the sugar bowl, sugar, sugar bowl, bowl. Sugar, bowl. Yeah. sugar bowl. I was 96 sugar bowl worried about that. Um, and then I'd scratched the longest yard because I couldn't pick between the original and the re- reboot. Okay. And so I went with two different ones and it's, uh, these are interesting because I, I don't know what type of passer I want or what type of offense I'm going to build my future franchise on. So I'm going to leave myself with options. Uh, and it's either going to be my pick from the greatest movie, Varsity Blues, Jonathan Moxon. The, oh, the, 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 yeah. He
1: was, a, he was a dark horse candidate yeah. on my, my QB choice, but I, I decided to go with the more established one. You know, the
0: one and only Dawson from Dawson's Creek, James <laughs> Vanderbeek. And then the other pick that I have at my quarterback would be, you know, if I'm going to take and go with somebody who's more of a flashy uh taken type of runner somebody who can take a move about the pocket you got to go with jamie fox and steaming and willie beeman uh mm-hmm. from any given sunday i can't think of anything else uh
1: yeah that, that's a valid pick i i would uh you know we had we had him scouted a little bit lower but i i wouldn't uh you know if you if you want to take a flyer and he's your guy you know you go and get your guy yes absolutely absolutely <laughs> Um, where do you feel about special teams players in the draft? Uh, because I'm not prepared to uh, pull a Raiders and, and draft uh, Sebastian Janikowski in the in the first round, or a uh, what was Roberto Aguayo for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the second round. But uh, if if I'm getting to the later rounds and I, I need a guy who's going to solidify my kicker position, I'm I'm looking at Derek Wallace from the Waterboy um, as my uh, as my as my kicker.
0: Dude, Nigel from the replacements.
1: Very the, good. The but, drunken
0: psych or the drunken, uh, Brit who's, <laughs> he's not a Mick. He's bloody Welsh. <laughs> yes, yes. Yep. 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 <laughs> Cheers, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> <He's>, cr- <laughs> his smoking on the field is great. Like the range is there. I trust them. I trust them. But like the, all the special teams, Hey, farmer, Fran workout, specialties. out. <laughs> <It> just started <laughs> right around the field.
1: <laughs> I like, I, but I like, uh, <laughs> the, the sharing the helmet. The, the, uh, onside kick where he has to, Oh yeah, there's my bitch. (laughs) That's great. I don't know. I,
0: I I wouldn't take and do special teams as a high thing. Like I think sometimes there's like, it depends on, you know, it's efficiency. Like you got to think about if like we're talking in baseball stats, you're looking for runs, right? You're not looking for home runs or anything. You're just looking for runs and efficiency. And so points are efficiency. So if you can get more points, you're trying to get as more more points than you give up. Granted, that sports in general. Yes, um, we've, we've nailed it. We've, <laughs> we've we've figured out the the how the sports games work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I think sometimes you would potentially d- draft a kicker or something high if it's okay. the best pick, but you have to really really think about like how your team's set up for there. So. Okay, so we've got that there. Let's say you're looking for like your defensive stud, your stud linebacker. Oh, sure. Your Ray Lewis of sorts, and I know we have. There's several of them. You know, we could take him. Bobby Boucher it could be our draft. You chose not to draft him. Who would you take? It be like your your James Harrison, your Von Miller. I got oh, a yeah. couple.
1: Oh, uh, I've I've got you one right here. I mean, he's he's Bobby Boucher, uh, junior. I guess light. Uh, probably a little bit more intellect. Uh, doesn't like riding a, a, a riding lawnmower quite as much as uh, Bobby Boucher or even Forrest Gump, for that matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going with Danny Bateman from The Replacements. Okay, very uh, good. I mean he's he's your he's your same player. I mean he sees red and he just uh, you know he wants to go after it like a bull. Ex-cop, um, <laughs> crazy
0: linebacker.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean. Needs to, needs to work on the discipline a little bit. You know, it's, it's a problem if you're hitting your quarterback in practice, but uh, you know, he's still a you know, he's, he's that same type of game changing defensive player, but uh, I think you can get him at a better rate than Bobby Boucher. Very cool,
0: very cool. He's coming
1: up, he's coming off as a maybe an undrafted free agent, whereas Bobby Boucher is a first rounder. And
0: he's a scab player too, so he's just there for the strike, you know. <laughs> you know, he might get a XFL look after this, but you never but know. But
1: honorable honorable mention would be uh, Samson from the longest yard because he breaks a guard's neck for okay. the clothesline. <laughs> okay. Very interesting.
0: See, I went more serious in my defensive picks. Because they're always depicted in ways that are, you know, I don't know. For me, it's always like you go back with the the serious defensive line, like all the defensive guys that I usually played with were pretty serious kind of people. And the two that I would do, and it's not a player. So I'm not picking Lawrence Taylor. I'm picking Luther, the shark LeVay from always <laughs> Sunday, uh, any given Sunday. Yeah. And it's not LT, but it's portrayed by a guy that's LT. So LT plays this guy. Just
1: think about seeing LT's porch. Oh,
0: <laughs> <Porsche>. <laughs> It's funny how this is all kind of like working together, right? <laughs> but like, can you imagine like going up and just seeing like Lawrence Taylor being like, you're not drafting him. You're drafting the shark and you by happens by drafting the shark, you get LT. That would be awesome. And then the <laughs> other one, one more thing. Don't smoke crack. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the, the player has the ball and don't don't crack. Um, and then the other one that I was thinking of is you remember the what was it? Is it James Woods? No, not James Woods. Who am I blanking on? Um Did you ever see the program? No, I haven't. Oh God. There's a linebacker, Lattimore. Lattimore is like the guy who's like the defensive end linebacker. And <laughs> he's a care like it's like traditional nineteen nineties, uh Early nineties steroids uh okay. college football movie uh that's like basically ninety percent of the movie is like Lattimore is working out and he's just this beast of a football player, and he's got this kinda he kind of looks like um Pat tillman okay, in terms of like being like just a brick house of a dude to just like. Mm-hmm. Like, someone you would not want to go block if you're an offensive lineman. It's like, you're saying i got to block this guy for 60 minutes? No, I don't want to do that kind of thing. But the best quote is, like, he's working out, putting up a bunch of weight, and then he puts his head, I think, through, like, the window or something like that. And the coaches are like, they're like, in their brain, is like, dude, he put on 40 pounds of muscle in an all season. You think he's on something? <laughs> He's like, yeah. and then the coach is like, "Steroids? Why do you think all my guys are on steroids?" And it just goes off of the So I would draft him as long as he could pass the test. But yeah, that's um. Those are my linebackers. Any running backs or dark horses, like things, things are people that you, uh, you know. Anybody from like would you draft the icebox from Little Giants?
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna take uh like I we talked about though, I'm I'm gonna take Forrest Gump and I'm going to slot him in as my as my running back. Um that's that's just my uh that's my that's what my scouting team is telling me, so that's what I'm going with. But uh at wide receiver, um I, I think I need a, a game changer, and honestly, I want the flash. I want the I want the guy who's uh, out there running his mouth. I, I'm, give me Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire. That's awesome. I thought you were going to say Orlando Jones'
0: character <laughs> in The Replacements. I thought you were going to go with that. Rod Tidwell. I think that's the only celebrity pick you could do for that Arizona Cardinals. You know, I, I do
1: have a concern though that Cuba Gooding Jr. is too short to play wide receiver. Yeah, and he was also in Snow Dogs. But then again, Mark Wahlberg played wide receiver, so uh, you know, what what the hell's the difference? isn't it his cousin who's got the ants crawling up his wall too? Mark
0: Wahlberg? No, no, <laughs> D- Rod Tinwell. <laughs> he's got like he's got ants crawling up his wall. I would think I honestly one hundred percent say that that's a perfect move. I can't the think of it. The crazy
1: thing in that movie is like whether they're angling for like a ten million dollar contract for him. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I mean, obviously rates of inflation and things change and the NFL revenues are absurd, but it's like $10 million would be like a a fairly run of the mill, like average, like decent wide receiver, free agent contract. Like you're probably looking at like a a number two or a number three guy at that price, but that's what he was. He wasn't a number one. He (laughs) wasn't, but but he had, he had the game to talk it. And that's what I'm going for. Right, right, right. Now I have a really, really, this is not a football
0: reference. I have a dark horse completely. If I needed to take and beef up my man in the middle, I needed a nose guard and I was searching and I was like, hey, you played another sport. You could probably take and come and play this sport. It's about the same um, without like a lot of transition and training for it. I would take and uh, get Tommy Callahan Jr., uh, and teach him how to play nose guard and then draft him there for the Browns, you know, cause the Sandusky faithful will come up okay. and support the Cleveland, uh, <laughs> Browns. If I can get that native, uh, there. And I think big or big Tom Callahan senior would be happy of little Tommy boy, uh, for coming there. What say you on that?
1: Uh, I mean, if you're, if you want to get into publicity stunts and stuff, I mean, that's on you. Um, he did play rugby. Yeah. I I don't know if I would, uh, if I would make that pick, but uh, I can understand why you make it. Um, I think I'm glad that you, you stayed away from Rudy uh, because uh, look, nice story, you know, good kid, but uh, listen, man, you like, you're not, you're not going to cut it, uh, you know, on, on Sunday going against uh, real players. So um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to take a flyer, I'd rather have Tommy Callahan than uh, Rudy Rudiger. But, uh, you know, that's uh, I think you're taking a risk if you're burning a draft pick there.
0: Yeah. I mean, didn't Georgia Tech have a down year when they played them? So, like, (laughs) they were passing the ball more than they were running the ball.
1: Any so, anything that you could think of else for this one, like players? Yeah, absolutely. Things? So we, we talked about this briefly yesterday um, with the fact that, like, obviously at the combine they run all of these tests. Uh, you know, you have your your Wonderlic tests test uh, to measure supposedly the intellect of the player um, and, the, and their psychological makeup. Uh, you've got your traditional forty yard dash. You've got uh, you know your your broad jumps and things like that. Um, the shuttle run. What test? of either athletic or uh, in athletic prowess that uh, w- would you want to know of your, of, of whatever draft pick you're making? Do you have a proposed combine test that you would want to uh, throw out there and see if uh, uh, glean some additional information about the character or athleticism of the, uh, uh, of the players that you've got?
0: Yeah. I think for me personally, what I would do is if I was the combine or the NFL combine scouting director, I would take and go talk to any executive at NBC um, and try to take and procure the rights to take and reboot Fear Factor. And I would basically <laughs> take and try to take and have these like be like, okay, any of the different combine ca- activities are it's an episode of Fear Factor. So okay. it's like you do like the 40-yard dash, and you do the shuttle run, and you do this, and then you try to eat bugs. And then you do the <laughs> – instead of like the pro bench to see how many times you could bench 225, you could do the pro pizza bench for all your offensive linemen to see how many Domino's Hot and re- – or uh, Little Caesars Hot and
1: ready's they could put down. Uh, because these are things <laughs> I, that you need to know. you would want you'd want to you'd wanna maybe find a uh, fine buffet and see what their shrimp offering was and oh. see how – uh, peel and eat shrimp thing. because not only does that test their uh intestinal fortitude but it also tests their willingness to go the extra mile because peel and eat shrimp are fucking miserable to work with <laughs> well, and then it also tests their ability to
0: rationalize when it's time to stop <laughs> too <laughs> because like there's a point where peel and eat shrimp is a good idea, and then there's a very very uh uh gray threshold which you need to know the personal body like you need to play through the whistle, right? But you need to stop at the whistle. And so like a peel and eat shrimp competition could be a psychological evaluation of when to (laughs) play through the whistle, no one to stop and how to reset for that. I think the fear factor thing would be perfect though. Like, and then you could be like, or they could take and talk to Mark Burnett, uh, at CBS or who had done survivor and they could do like a survivor one and have like, everybody has a tiki torch and they, they vote people off the Island of the combine. Like you ate, least amount of shrimp that's how they should draft players it should be like it should just instead of having a draft where you pick the person they have to do survivor
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay um i have two um the first one very easy it's just simply the wade boggs challenge um so you have to drink the i mean uh you want you want to know what their what your players tolerances are uh you know they, sometimes they go on the road have a little bit of fun so you want to uh put down the number you know how how many beers can you crush on a cross country flight so perhaps it's on your way to or from the combine that you uh knock that test out um probably probably on the way out because that way you don't have to worry about it impacting any of their other tests i thought you were going um, to talk about like shaving their sideburns too <laughs> Um, but the, the really, the, the test of the will and the, the human spirit is where I'm most interested in. Um, so for that, I'm going to make every player, um, go through the third level of battle toads on the spear bikes (laughs) and that is that's going to determine how how long they can go and put up with that before they throw the controller smash a tv or do something uh, else uh develop blisters on the thumbs whatever the case may be that's uh that's really where i want to test the uh the makeup of uh these uh, these fine athletes So
0: I think what the moral of the story is, is if any any NFL franchises happens to be listening to this podcast and you want to have some alternative tests done on any scouts, players, Uh, through training days let us know we do it for science um we've gone through all of these things ourselves if not we'll we'll try them at least (laughs) four science to get a methodology there and then we could patent our system and help you find out the best players no guaranteed results obviously but still uh i think it's definitely something that's there so you're forrest gump i'm bobby boucher yeah i think that's good steve why don't you take us out
1: Yes. So everybody, if you'd like to uh, learn more about the show or catch our uh, episodes, you can check us out at Oh, this podcast.com. Uh, you can also catch us on uh, iTunes or on Google play now on Spotify. So uh, we are really uh, just about anywhere you, you can find a podcast. We are out there and available for your listening pleasure. Uh, you can check us out uh, on Facebook, uh, just search for Oh, this podcast, you can find the page there. Uh, You can uh, catch Patrick and I on Twitter or you can catch the show on Twitter at Oh, this podcast. And you can also, if you want to support the show, uh, we've got our Patreon page. If you search for this podcast or if you want to uh, head over to our website, we've got all the the links and the shortcuts and the uh, bookmarks and the uh, varying other uh, methodologies of uh, putting, putting our information out there. Uh, Everything is encompassed on our wonderful website. So Patrick, uh, any any final words i mean this was a this was a marathon of a of a show uh we we went through uh death by coconut by uh, Oscar blues any any parting thoughts before we wrap this thing up nothing uh but just if you are doing yourself a favor and
0: trying to look for those dark lord day tickets just visit through floyds.com or whatever their website is i don't even know if it's
1: darklordday.com to- is usually where they put the they put the, all the information yeah. up on us go site. try to
0: find their website there and also thank you for joining us for our 46th episode Andy Pettit Andy Petit um I guess it's sunny it's Sunday we're gonna go enjoy the rest of the day until next time I'm Steve I'm Patrick and we are out